Now, Mark chapter 4, and we'll begin to read in verse 1. And today, uh, today my thoughts, and uh, it's what I want you to be thinking about when I read this passage of Scripture, because Christ begins to talk about soil. And uh, my title, of course, it's catchy, What's in Your Soil?, <laughs> and of course, you know, you know where I got that, you know, you know I'm not getting one over on you. What's in your wallet? <laughs> you know, so that's the little phrase. What's in your soil? Yeah, y'all got it. And that's just how my mind works. And, and as I was looking at this, God's going to begin to talk about soil or ground. What kind of ground are you? Or what's in your soil? Let's begin reading here in verse 1. He says, and he began again to teach by the seaside. And there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea. And the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables, and said unto them in his doctrine, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground, and did yield fruit. That sprang up and increased, and brought forth some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. And he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked of him the parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables, that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted, and their sins should be forgiven them. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? And how then will ye know all parables? The sower soweth the word. He begins to explain what he was talking about. So he says the sower is he that sows the word. That's the seed of the word of God. And he says, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure. But for a time afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things entering in choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful, and these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. Now let us pray as we begin to ponder this thought 
on what kind of soil or what soil or what is in your soil. What kind of ground are you? Our gracious Father, we come, we thank you now for today. Lord, help us today as we look at your word. Help me as I begin to proclaim your word. I will be likened unto a sower today. And help me to sow the word of God, but then let it not fall on deaf ears. Let it fall on good soil. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Now here we see Jesus teaching by parables. And we've been in the book of Matthew. This story is repeated in the book of Matthew. I almost took my text there out of Matthew, but I took it here because he says the phrase, the kingdom of God, meaning it's applicable to us. We're in the kingdom of God today. The kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom, and he is dealing with sowing the gospel. He is dealing with preaching the gospel, and he is dealing with what types of people that you'll be preaching to. And the Lord we see here does not spend a whole lot of time on the sower. Now in this, if you was to get in Matthew, it's repeated again in Luke. The sower in this case is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And let me tell you something. He don't spend a lot of time on the sower because the sower is perfect. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is perfect in every way. He's the son of man, but yet he is God manifested in the flesh. There is no problems there. We see that the Lord does not spend a lot of time on the seed. The seed is the Word of God, and we don't need to spend a lot of time on it because it's the pure Word of God, it's the precious Word of God, and the Bible says that this seed would be preserved to every generation, which makes me scratch my head sometimes with preachers get in the pulpit and they don't know where the seed of the Word of God is. They don't know which one is the pure seed. Let me tell you something this morning. The pure seed is the AV 1611, the King James. Bible. It's the preserved seed of the Word of God and it will endure to every generation. And we see Christ did not spend a lot of time on the seed. You say, well, what is a parable, preacher? Well, a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. But we see the Lord spending some time on this soil and that's where the problem is now another note here on the seed <laughs> let me let me get on this a little bit the bible says thy word have i hid in mine heart that i might not sin against thee the bible didn't say Christian rock have I hid in my heart <laughs> that I might not sin against thee. The Bible didn't say southern gospel have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The Bible didn't say dancing with Jesus <laughs> have I hid in my heart. He didn't say that. He said thy word. Now it's important. It's important that the Word of God be preached, and especially in today's age, we need to be Bible preachers, Bible teachers. Be careful about what type of teacher you're heaping to yourselves. Don't develop these itching ears wanting to be tickled. Let the truth and let God's seed, the pure Word of God, be sown in your heart. But He does spend time on the soil. 
and the soil is likened to people. And you see, you have four different types of soil. You could actually, anytime you preach the gospel, there's going to be these four soil types out there. And, and so it's, we need to take note of this. And this first soil that he identifies is called a wayside ground. And we've seen it. He says, he says in verse 4, And it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. And then he says, And the fowls of the air came and, and of course, plucked it up and devoured it up. That's that wayside ground. That's those people that are sitting there that have a lot of background noise going on in their mind and head while you're preaching. You know the kind? You ever get background noise? We call it white noise. You just can't, you're having trouble concentrating. You're having trouble trying to focus in. And, and that, can be, that, that could be the type of soil. There's something in your soil that ain't right. And you got that background noise going on. It might be the type of person that says they, their attitude is you can't tell me nothing. That's that group. You sit there and you try to teach them and you try to preach to them the Word of God. And as you preach there and the more you preach and the more you prove it from the Word of God, they just sit there, they'll shake their head no because you can't tell them nothing. That's the wayside soil. That's the hard ground. That wayside is the hard ground. That's where the path is along the garden, on the outside of the garden. That's the part of the ground that's been trodden down. It's very hard and it never gets plowed. This is the ground where it goes in one ear and out the other crowd. This is the crowd that is a lover of pleasure. They're going to eat, drink, and be merry. The preaching of the Word of God has no effect on them. It's, this is the crowd that when they read their Bible in the morning, immediately when the seed of the Word of God is sown, the devil immediately comes and begins to pluck out of your heart that seed that was sown that morning. Especially uh, when you get in and you try to read God's Word or you hear God's Word. You come into church and you hear the preaching, but as soon as the service is over... You're right back out in the car, you got the bebop on, and you go on about your merry way. That's called the wayside soil, and that's a problem. This is ground that will not receive the seed. Lost, a lost ground. This is a lost person that never wakes up to the realization, and any time that the Word of God is sown, the devil is immediately right there to snatch it up. You know, a few months back, I sowed some grass seed out in the front yard, and I was amazed that as soon as I sowed it, I went up to the house, come right back, and there must have been 30 birds right out there in, in, in the yard eating the seed up. Now, I hope they didn't die of poison because that, that's grass seed I had. It had fertilizer, all kinds. I don't know what, how they do that. But I, it began to get me to think, and I've been thinking about this for a while, because I've been studying it there in Matthew, that that's how that devil is, that old dirty bird. The Bible likens Satan here, and the devils uh, that are under Satan's control as birds that come in and snatch the preaching and the teaching that God's Word 
out of their hearts and they go on. Like this group that God was preaching to here. He said they got ears but they can't hear. He says he said they got eyes they can't see. Why? Because they had they had not acted upon the light that God had given them. I had a little trouble this week with this message, not this one. I just didn't get no inspiration. Uh, I, I wait and I pray for God to lay something on my heart. And the Lord says, I'm not giving you any more until you preach what I gave you two weeks ago. God laid this message on my heart a couple weeks back. I wanted to preach. And I told you this in Sunday school class or Wednesday night. I wanted to preach on choked Christians. Remember? Well, we're going to get to them here in a minute because that's one of the soils uh, that God deals with kind of people groups. They get choked. The Lord says, until you preach that, I'm not giving you more. And these people, they remain blind. They remain hard of hearing because they would not accept Jesus as the Messiah. Like he told Nicodemus, you must be born again. You're not going to get the things of the Spirit of God until you're born again. That's the light God gives every man that comes into this world. He gives every man a measure of faith. And if you won't use it to trust and accept the Lord Jesus Christ, then he ain't going to give you no more life and light. But we look at this second ground here. And he says it's a stone-filled ground. It's a ground that has a lot of rock in it. So it's soil that is a rocky soil. And he says it has no depth to it. It's shallow soil. Maybe it has two inches of topsoil, and underneath of it is a rock bed. Maybe it's gravel with a little dirt thrown in it. Whatever it is, he says it's stony ground. There's no spiritual depth. They're only in it, and it's only in it as long as it is fun. You know those kind of people. If they're having fun, they're on board. If they're not having fun, they're not on board. They fall away when the trials of life come. The trials that come from the Word of God. Let me, let me get this. The cross is offensive to those who identify with it will be offensive. This world doesn't like Jesus. Now, I'm not talking about the trials you bring upon yourself. I'm not talking about the storms of life that you create. And about time for me to preach that message again over there out of Jonah. I believe a lot of children of God create their own storms. We're not talking about those kind of trials. We're talking about the trial. Look with me here. He says they go through a trial because of the word's sake. Verse 17, and they have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time. After where an affliction or persecution arises, watch it, for the word's sake. Did you catch that? So this is a particular type of trial. This is a particular type of affliction that you might have to deal with. It's easy talking about Jesus with your church choir. You can sit in there with your church choir and say, man, Jesus has been so good today. You know, I was reading the Bible. It's easy to do it when you're in church. It's easy to talk about Jesus with your church group. You know, get around God's group. It's, it's, it's like a no-brainer. You can talk about Jesus all you want because it's easy. I mean, if you run into somebody in church that don't want to talk about Jesus, I mean, that's straight up you can identify that. That's a red flag. <laughs> it's easy to talk about Jesus with your youth group. 
But it's not easy talking about Jesus with your work group at work. Or the Friday night friends. It's not so easy to talk about Jesus with your Friday night friends. And you know as well as I know <laughs> that if you take that stand for Jesus, I'm not talking about being a weirdo, <laughs> even though that might not hurt some of you. <laughs> Be a little more fanatical for Jesus. <laughs> But you know, if your friends and your, your buddies and your pals find out that you go to church, you know they're going to start making fun of you. And so, you know what happens? You're like, yeah, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut about that. Yeah, you're stony ground. And you begin to fall away because you can't endure that trial or the offense that the cross brings. And you don't want to be identified as a Christian, and really more so today. Because the world has got its own little flavor on Christianity. And we're just not part of the globalist thinking today. We're about a heavenly kingdom. This world is not my home. And so a lot of times new Christians deal with this. They've lived a certain kind of life before they got saved. They get saved and they change. They're all excited. Remember that excitement you felt? You go tell somebody at work. He's like, I just got to tell you, something great's happened in my life. I mean, if you won a million dollars, you'd be telling people about it, wouldn't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Will said no. I told you I was going to preach on you, Will. <laughs> you better tell me about it. <laughs> preach against that gambling after we divvy it up. <laughs> you know what I mean but all of a sudden you get saved and, and that feeling is so wonderful you just got to tell somebody at work and they just kind of look at you like did you change your medicine you know what happened to you and they immediately start in oh yeah uh, watch out for Holy Joe <laughs> watch out for Holy Jane you know they kind of got a little something there kind of steer clear of them you don't want to get what they got they're a little too happy today. And so what happens is it offends you. You're like, well, I, I don't want to, I, I want to be part of the crowd. And the devil will use that with new Christians. And as I look at this, maybe people that made a false profession. See, as soon as they heard the gospel, he says they received it with joy. They were so happy about this. And they were happy until the trial come. Oh, you mean I got to live like a Christian now? And all of a sudden they like, boy, I'm going to have to miss out on a whole lot of fun. Let me tell you something. I come up on the other side of the tracks. So y'all talking about drinking and partying and drugging and smoking and running. I, I don't know a whole lot about that. But I, what little I know, it was never fun. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking and what, what you're talking about fun in that. You say, well, preach, you just never. Well, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. But sometimes people will try to turn over that new leaf. And they're all on board until that affliction comes. That's a stony ground. Christian, but look here. 
I believe that to be a lost person too. They made a profession, but they really didn't accept Christ. Because they truly didn't believe. Now watch this. Then we have a choked Christian or weedy ground. There's a bunch of weeds there. Look with me. He says he names three weeds. Verse 18, And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, there's one, and the deceitfulness of riches, there's two, and the lusts, plural, that's why I emphasized it. I'm not having a, a, a thandering problem this morning. <laughs> it's plural. And he says, they choke the word. And then he says, and it becometh unfruitful. So it looks like at one time they might have been fruitful. It means they were more than likely rooted. You know, you can't be fruited unless you're rooted. That's right. Discipled. It's so important. But he says they get choked. I believe it means they got overloaded. Now, I don't know if some of you have watched that Dr. Pohl. He's a veterinarian, I think, in Michigan. There are a whole series of, of shows on him if you're, if you're kind of into animal medicine and stuff like that. And he talks and often describes a condition called choke. And it's when a horse, I, I've seen it in horses and, and, in, and, and goats and sheep, well, they'll eat their grain and they'll eat it either too quickly or the grain is too dry and it gets stuck in their neck, in their esophagus. Now, for all practical purposes, they look okay other than they quit eating. They're breathing. It's not obstructing an airway. So they're breathing. They're alive, but they got a big lump in their throat. And they just quit eating. And you're like, what's going on? Well, Dr. Polk calls that choke. It's choked. And I, I believe, and I, again, I wanted to preach on choked Christian. I believe a lot of Christians are right now. I believe this group, they'll probably be a saved group because he says they were fruitful at one time, but they become unfruitful. That means they were discipled. They were rooted. They were in a church. They were, they were members. They were working. They were honoring God. But all of a sudden, did you catch it? But the cares of this world... Now, this is Old English. That word care means anxiety. I believe a lot of people today's age are letting anxiety overtake them. Anxiety is a real thing. <laughs> anxiety is a real deal. I mean, there's some people that are claustrophobic. You begin to put them in a tight place or a closed place and they'll flip out on you. There are some people that uh, uh, they, they don't like going over bridges that are high over troubled waters. <laughs> it's a song reference again. <laughs> they kind of get a little goofy. There are other people, because they are claustrophobic, they don't like driving through tunnels. <laughs> they get real serious and sober if they're driving. I know somebody like that. I won't name any names or nothing like that. Anxiety is real. I've kind of got an anxiety about needles. <laughs> <laughs> and famines. <laughs> I'm always worried about the next meal. Anxiety is real. You can have any number of anxieties. They're real. 
But the Bible, this word care is another word, is anxiety. And the Bible says that we need to be careful for nothing. He says, be anxious over nothing. But I believe today a lot of Christians are letting anxieties overtake them. I believe a lot of church people allow anxieties to overcome them. And they're forsaking the assembly. They're forsaking uh, uh, Christian Christianity. They're forsaking the biblical teaching. And they're chasing something else. They don't want to endure sound doctrine because of anxiety. They can't come to church because it might storm. There's people afraid of storms. They won't leave their house if it's storming. They can't come to church if they might get sick. They're not going to come to church if they got to cook a big meal. You just don't understand. I'm having all my friends over. Somebody's got to cook this meal. Look, God comes first. I understand it's an anxiety. Buy a bucket of chicken. Chicken goes good with every meal. I can't come to church because I've got to work tomorrow. You know how many times I've heard that excuse. I've actually, I'm not, folks, I get around so many people in other churches. I'm not talking about anybody in here, so don't get to look at one another. When the crowd gets smaller, <laughs> you may be like, oh, he's got to be talking about one of us in here. I'm not. When I am, I'll tell you. <laughs> and so any day they have to work, like on a Wednesday, if they have to work, I'm not coming to church. Why? I worked. Uh, yeah, you work probably every day, don't you? <laughs> do you, uh, do you not eat if you have to work? Oh yeah, no, I eat. <laughs> oh, how about your spiritual life? Oh no, I work. They have anxiety about work. Hey, I've had anxiety about work. You have a certain, a level of pressure on you at work. That's kind of why I liked self-employment. Uh, I spent some time with my brother. He's like, I'm going to tell you something. Working for somebody else is completely different than how we work for ourselves. Because when we had a troubled client, we just said, sign on you. And that's right. I ain't putting up with stupid. When you work for somebody else, you got to put up with a lot of stupid, don't you? That can create anxieties. A lot of anxiety. <laughs> but... It's a weed that can choke you out. How about the deceitfulness of riches, he says. I didn't say somebody, he didn't say somebody that had money. <laughs> There's a lot of people chasing money that never are going to get the carrot. But there are some people that God allows to get the carrot and they get money. He's not saying having money is wrong. Abraham was rich. There's many of God's children that were rich and they loved the Lord. The Lord loved them. But he says the deceitfulness of riches. Riches will deceive you. It's like a carrot in front of a donkey that you keep trying to chase and never get. And so people keep, that's all, oh, I'll work harder. I'll work harder. I'll work harder and I'll make more money and I'll work harder. And they never get to it. That's called the deceitfulness of riches, but it chokes them and they will never sacrifice their personal time. They'll always sacrifice God's time. That's a choked Christian. Then he says lusts, plural. That's the lust of the flesh. I, I get this. Now I am inside the, these four walls. Preacher, Sunday's the only day I get off. Yeah. 
And what better time to spend with the family than right here in the house of God for a couple hours? You say, but you just don't understand what I have to go through just to get here. It's worth it. You're making an investment. It's going to pay off in eternity. So don't let the deceitfulness of lust and pleasures choke you out. Now, let me finish that story with Dr. Pohl. If you have a horse that gets choke, if you don't get him to the doctor or have the vet come out and they're going to have to flush it, they're going to flush it. They generally make like some mineral water and they get a hose down in that throat and they begin to flush that until it comes out. If you don't do that, that animal will die. They can't do anything. They're choked out. I believe there's a lot of Christians that are choked today. He has one more ground. And he says, this is the good ground. I want to spend a little time here on this because I need to teach a little something this morning. And so my live stream audience, you put your listening ears on. And my audience here, you put your listening ears on. This is the good ground. And he says, the good ground... He said, they hear the word and they receive the word. Now, that means they accepted it. You see where you're going with this? Well, let me, let, me, let me go somewhere with this. You can receive a wedding invitation. You can receive a birthday invitation. But you don't necessarily have to accept it meaning you don't go. You see, that's important because this group, they received seed like the other three groups did. But they accepted it. What I, what I mean by it, watch this, and let me show it to you in the text, verse 20. And they are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit. Did you see that? and bring forth fruit, that's action. That means they're deliberate. They hear the word of God. And let me, let me throw this in here before I go on. You could sit under the best preaching and take it all in, but if you will never apply it, if you will never become deliberate and applying it to your life, you'll never bring forth fruit. It'll do you no good. It goes in one ear and out the other. And here's what happens. When you just take it in and take it in, you become like a sponge. You ever have a sponge? Everybody familiar with a sponge? You ladies familiar with a sponge? And you wet it and you, and you clean things. They're awesome. Until you don't clean them out and wring them out. And you just let them sit there all filled up with dirty water because you've been cleaning. You let it sit there for about three or four days and it's hot. And it what? It sours. And it's no good. You see, when you won't apply the word of God, he says, and they bring forth fruit. That means you are going to apply the truths of the word of God until there is fruit. That's how you know you're doing it right. That's how you know you're applying it right. You're deliberate. If you just sit and soak it all in and never wring yourself out, you're going to sour. You're going to sour on God. But he said, 
They accepted it. That's what he's talking about. A synonym for the word receive is accept. A synonym for the word believed is accept. Let me say this. You better accept the Lord Jesus Christ if you have not. If you want to be saved. Now, I seen a post this week on Facebook, and it troubled me. And as a pastor, I have a duty to make sure that my folks are not led astray. And it was a post that said, there is no command in the Bible that tells you you got to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. All you do is repent and believe. Now, let me tell you something about these Facebook preachers. <laughs> and I'm on Facebook this morning. And that's why you check me out with the Word of God. I'm not infallible. You check me out with the Word of God. These YouTube preachers, and there's a big thing going on now, is YouTube churches. I still believe God's blessed in the local assembly. You need to be here in person. I love our technology, and I love our live stream audience. And sometimes these people can't find a good church because they can't get into a church where a pastor's worth a soul, where he'll call out wrong. And this thing that was shared this week, I understand the person that shared it didn't understand it. It looked good. And I pray for you. You need to pray for me to be able to discern things that are right from the things that are almost right. Repentance is important. Believing Christ is important. But you better accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. When something comes across your little news feed and it looks good, go to that person's website on what he believes. That person made that, it's Vadi Bachman is who made that statement. He's a Baptist. So you would automatically think that Baptist is right. No. Just because he Baptist doesn't make him right. Vadi Bachman is a Calvinist. That's why he said, you never, there is no command in the Word of God that you must accept the Lord Jesus Christ. All you do is repent and believe. Let me tell you something. He said that because he believes that people are either preordained to heaven or you're preordained to hell. And there is nothing you can do to change that. That's why he would say you would never have to accept Jesus Christ. Because if you were born into the elect, you just automatically got it. You, all of a sudden, the preaching of the Word of God awakens you. You repent and believe. That's out of the pit of hell. That's out of the pit of hell. And let me show you a verse of the Bible that does tell you you better accept the right gospel. Take your Bible to 2 Corinthians. And again... Check it out with the Word of God. You, there's also these other clowns running. I'm not, I'm not going to get into naming everybody. If you want to know, come and ask me later. Now, I dealt with that one because it stirred me. Because I don't like it when a false teacher or a false person begins to make a false statement based off of a heresy to hurt any of my people. Or to deceive them. You better accept Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Now, my live stream of audience, get your Bible out. Don't take my word for it. Get your Bible out. I'm a Bible preacher, Bible teacher. Verse 4. 
The Apostle Paul is dealing with a little heresy. He's dealing with his people because they're trying to question his apostleship, even though he started this church. Verse 4, For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus. See, there are people that preach other Jesuses. You need to make sure you know which Jesus they're talking about. And he that cometh preacheth another Jesus whom ye have not preached, or if ye receive another spirit. There are other spirits out there. That's why the Bible says, Try the spirits which ye have not received. And he uses the word receive. Now watch what he does. Or another gospel. There's another gospel. And the gospel that people are pre preaching or that says you got to work your way to heaven, it's a false gospel. The gospel that people are preaching that says, well, you're either the elect or you're not, that's a false gospel. That's, that's rooted in another Jesus. It's a heresy. Now watch it. You might have, which you have not accepted. Now do what? That's right. You might well bear with him. He's, you said, what's he just said? He said, you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you need to stick with Christ and you need to follow Christ just like you would follow another Jesus if you had accepted him and another gospel. You better accept the gospel. You better accept the true gospel. Now don't get mad. You listen to your preacher and your pastor. What that saying was almost right. It actually is self-destructive because the word believe. Let's just lose simple logic. If you believe with the heart, you won't ever fully believe something until you've accepted it as truth. Is that correct? I'm not lying. I'm not acting stupid. Be careful of the false preachers and the false teachers. I understand that people th thought that was pretty cool because that guy's also against the sinner's prayer. I am too. You can't say a little prayer, a magic prayer, and think it's going to do the work, the work magically. No, you've got to accept it. You've got to believe it. You've got to believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and accept that. Lord, help us to be able to discern between the things that are right and almost right. That's the danger of the subtlety of Satan. It's very deceptive. You remember that, that the words believe, accept, and receive, they all go together. So which Jesus are you going to accept this morning? What ground? What's in your soil? Are you the wayside hearer? Are you the stony ground? You're just in for a little while and then uh, some offense or trial comes up, you get out. Are you a weedy Christian? Your garden needs to be weed. Let me finish that thought in my closing. You've got to flush that choke out of an animal with water, mineral water. Here's how you flush choked Christians. The mineral water, the pure water of the Word of God. 
you begin to flush it. And you better get you a five-gallon bucket of the preaching and teaching of the Word of God to get down into there and to get those weeds out of your throat so you don't end up dying a choked Christian. So which Jesus are you going to accept? Which soil are you today? You, each and every one of you can identify who you are from the message. Are you wayside? You can't tell me nothing. Huh? I won't tell you where I learned that song from. <laughs> yeah, Paul Paul knows. <laughs> Them tunes get stuck in your head, man. It's just cuter when she sings it. <laughs> Are you the stony ground Christian? You're just a flash in a pan? Maybe you're a choked Christian this morning. You're weak. You got a lot of weeds, a lot of anxieties. Hey, it's, it's a real thing. But get under that preaching and teaching of the Word of God, the pure Word of God. Are you a good ground Christian? He's a preacher, I really want to apply the preaching and teaching the Word of God. Uh, I, I know I'm saved, and I've accepted the right Jesus, and I want to be good ground. Now, there's some that, that's only going to produce 30%, some 60 but some 100 and that's okay. He doesn't ever say anything about how much it's producing. The emphasis was, is, is it producing? That's good ground. Be careful with false teachers, internet sensations, people that have big followings. Look up what people believe. Don't be led astray because you'll end up choked and you'll be on the wayside. Let's all stand this morning.